This is an ABC podcast. It's time to get out and about in the garden with Rowanna and Sabrina here on ABC Radio Perth and WA. Hello, hello to everyone across Western Australia joining us for Roots and Shoots. I'm Rowanna. With me is Sabrina Hahn, of course. Yep. Hello, Sab. Turn me on. Oh, you turn there me. we are. Turn myself go. on there. <laughs> I'm pumped this morning, Ro. You're pumped. always pumped. You're going to be in for a tough hour, yeah, I, I know. feel. I when feel. you bring friends in the studio, yeah. I get nervous. Yeah. Because <laughs> you go even more rogue than when it's just you and I. Yeah, but I had sleep last night, like proper sleep. Now, I'm interested to see how this affects your performance today. Wow. I feel I like, oh. yeah, there's, there's potential that you've had too much sleep Oof. and you might be calm. I'm, and I'm like a bag of fireworks, <laughs> Ro. <laughs> Now, you have brought Rowan Carboon with you. I have. Who is a bushfire risk consultant. Rowan, yes. hello to you. Yeah, good morning. Nice Hello. to have you in the studio. Thank, Thank you. you for coming in. And I do just want to right now tell our listeners that if you have questions specifically related to preparing for bushfire season, the importance of what your uh, the role your garden plays in fire preparation, mm. what might be the right plants, what do you need to do, all of those questions, today is your day. And Rowan is going to join us right through until 10 o'clock this morning. Yeah, going to flog him. Yeah, we're going right. to get our money's worth. Yeah, yeah we've paid big bucks to get him in for oh, us. So yes. we'll um, <laughs> make he, sure that he works hard this he whole needed hour. A, he needed a suitcase to take home his free ABC pen. <laughs> Time and a half on Saturdays. <laughs> that's, yeah, yeah. that's exactly right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you've got a question for Rowan, please, um, specifically this week, get on the phone, 1300 720 because we will, of course, have fun. There will be plenty of laughs, but it's yeah. a serious subject. It is a very serious subject, but it doesn't mean to say you can't bring a little bit of humour <laughs> into anything. I was really disappointed to hear that BOM have done the whole... <laughs> we're oh, not BOM. We're not BOM. We're the Bureau of Meteorology. Try and say that after a couple of glasses of wine. Do you know the thing with, with announcements like that mm. is when things like you don't get to choose that. No. You you don't get to say we won't be referred to. It's no. like, like picking your own nickname, isn't Correct. it? Correct. Yeah. Yeah. You just yeah. don't get to. And not right. We, we <laughs> refer to them as BOM because they're yeah. the Bureau of Meteorology and I can't see that Ever changing, changing in the short term. But, you know, it's they can very, make the request, I suppose. Very un-Australian And people as not stubborn and hard-headed as us might even <laughs> apply. Well, that's right. Well, I'm abide, they're, they're BOM to me. Yeah. They are the BOM. Uh, they're clever. There's yeah, a big yeah, yeah, lot yeah. of clever people there. Incredibly. We rely on them extremely heavily. So, you know, in all seriousness, they are the bomb. Yeah. With yep. you. Um, all right. Cynthia from Open Gardens has given us a call. So let's yes. find out where the gardens are open this weekend. And good morning to you, Cynthia. Good morning, everyone. Hello, We've you got- gorgeous girl. Where are you this weekend? <laughs> Well, I'm going up to um, Dooza's Garden Sanctuary at 42 Hardy Road in Glen Forest. And this is a really interesting um, little garden, Sabrina. For anybody who's just starting off a garden, I'd recommend they go and see this one because Suzanne has um, used every square inch of her block. Wow. And um, she's got everything in this garden. The front is sort of mostly natives, but out the back, um, she's got, uh, well, she's a horticulturist anyway, so she really knows what she's doing. She's going to give talks at 11 o'clock today and tomorrow on how she prepares her 
soil for her garden because she's got chooks. She's got the biggest worm farm you've ever seen. Wow. She's got um, a really interesting little garden down the full length of her driveway. It's built up, but it's only about a foot wide, so it doesn't take up very much room. But you can have like a row of lettuce or a row of cabbages. But she's also got espaliered fruit trees and things along there. So, you know, she's really, really used this um, Yeah, every single bit of space. Yeah, yeah. yeah. She's got um, a green wall with succulents, Mm -hmm. uh, which is really cute. Um, She's got, well, I've seen a lot of gardens, as you know, but I've never been in one that's had one of those citrus trees with the Buddha's hand on it. Ah, yes, yes, the really munted, weird, wacko, (laughs) Halloween-type, ten-fingered lemon yeah, well, you know, it's so realistic looking. I kept looking at it thinking it was going to grab me. Um, <laughs> You've got to ease up on the drugs, Cynthia. Yeah. <laughs> Can you actually use the fruit or are they just for um, decoration? And, no, um, that, that's no, it's really pithy inside. So what they do is they use the skin um, and they put that in, I don't know what they put it in. Maybe their hair, just for oh. <laughs> so they I, look. I just thought, thought it was a bit cruel having to grate up a hand. <laughs> <laughs> so, so how how long is this garden open for, Cynthia? It's just uh, today and tomorrow. Okay, from ten to four. Yes, yeah, marvelous, beautiful. Thank you, Cynthia. Forty-two Hardy Road. Glen Glen Forest Forest for the Open Gardens this weekend. Um, We'll jump to your calls shortly, 1300 222 720. If you want to send a text, as many people have done, 0437 922 And that email address that I love giving you, that's the only place you can get photos through. They gave us the simplest of email addresses to make this so much fun. I'll give it once and then you're going to have to call it. I might give it again around half past nine, all right? It's Perth. Weekends with an S on the end, or one word. That's how it starts. Perth weekends at your y o u r dot a b c dot net dot au. Perth weekends at your dot a b c dot net dot au. We've got a few already there, so we'll get to those in just a tick. But Rowan, I wanted to come to you and I guess set the scene a little bit. And there's a text here that actually probably segues perfectly from my question, which was opening question, which was going to be. Is this a conversation just for those in semi-urban, semi-rural acreage, those sorts of places, or is this a conversation for everyone? Well, it's a conversation for most mm. of uh, people who live in WA. And the guideline would be if you're within 100 metres of bushland, mm-hmm. the state government maps bushfire-prone areas. You can go onto their website, put, just Google bushfire-prone areas WA. You can put in your address. You can work out whether you're in this zone, shaded red on a map. Yep. A map comes up. So I suppose that's a good indicator about whether if you live in an area that's at risk of mm-hmm. bushfire. So that's a good starting point to determine. But the urban interface, so urban, you know, urban lots, small urban lots, if they're near bushland, you can, yeah, we can lose a lot of homes in a big bushfire that are all close together. It happened mm. in Canberra. Yeah. Uh, many years ago. Yeah. Jared actually sent a text just after I was thinking to ask you this and said, I live in Inglewood and was recently cutting wild oats in the back lane pre-summer. I was shocked at the sight of a lot of high fence dried out weeds along the unsealed lanes. Fire hazards, he reckons. 
Well, it probably what managed by local government, so so it doesn't hurt to politely give them a call and mm. and see if they're going to do something about them. Often there's roadside spraying, isn't there? And but and yep. it, but it leaves dead standing grasses, yeah, so which so is, that can be a problem. Yeah, which goes yeah. woofa. <laughs> <laughs> killed it, killed it, nice and dry. <laughs> Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. Um, Steve yeah. also uh, has a question for you straight off the top, Rob. What is the speci- what are, what is the specifications required for fire breaks on, say, a five-acre block in Bullsbrook in regards to height of grass and width of fire break? So every local government, this is what's unique about our state, isn't right. it? Every local government has their own fire break <laughs> notice. Ah. So you can have whatever, we've got 100 and whatever different local government oh, yeah. areas, so we've got 100 and whatever different standards. Uh, that is ridiculous. Bullsbrook's what? City of Swan. Yep. Yeah. yeah. So, look, you, you would start off with three metres wide, four metres high to allow a, a rural fire tanker to drive around. Um, in, I mean, mineral earth is the usual standard. Yeah, it shouldn't be any flammable material. But on smaller blocks, you can maintain, you know, uh, irrigated grass and have more of a, a, a low-threat fire break in terms of vegetation on smaller blocks. Usually, <laughs> have a look at your fire break notice. Usually comes out with your rates every year. Um, yeah. That gives you the specifics. Got you. Yeah. So yeah. it's compulsory, isn't it? You have to you have to comply to the fire breaks on your property. It is, yeah, enforceable yeah. under the Bushfires Act. It's yeah. the one thing local government are all... Always onto, mm. which which is good and important. Um, over the years, these uh, the fire break notice has evolved significantly because it used to just be fire breaks. Right. Now, a fire break is not really a break for a fire as such. It will with small fires and burning off, but it's more of an access track. Yeah, around and your property. That's where people get stuck, isn't it? Because if you think about the difference between oh, I don't want the fire to leap across sixty centimetres to, oh, I need several fire trucks to get in and out Mm. of this property. It's a whole different ballgame. If you're getting a local brigade in to do some burning off around your house, then it's a good access track just for that that purpose as well. So Mm. they're important. But the next thing that fire break notices are starting to talk about, and have for a number of years now, is is an asset protection zone or the immediate Mm. zone around your house. Yeah. Which uh, is the nicer term is a garden, isn't it? I suppose. <laughs> yeah. if <we> just <laughs> let's call it a garden. Now, not everyone's a keen gardener, so yeah. asset protection zone yeah. gardener. Yeah, Rose just she's got her L plates on at present. Um, she does know two. She plants. hasn't passed the test to get her L's <laughs> yet. <laughs> What, a couple of pot plants, row? What's, what's it consist of? A couple of pots with dead plants. Oh, right. so, probably, <laughs> yeah. so they're in, you know, so yep. Rose already created her fire break because uh, <laughs> the stuff she puts in the pots dies and then she ditches them. Yeah. So just concrete. A, Concrete's a, a my favourite. pot with break. earth and concrete. So a pot with earth on top of concrete couldn't be safer. <laughs> <laughs> um, one look. One thing I've, uh, I hear from I've been doing this for thirteen years, so I, I hear lots of people say, "Look, I don't do a lot of preparation around my house because my plan is to leave and evacuate." Mm. Now, that's problematic because the house could save your life if you are trapped and can't leave. Yeah. Mm. And this is what happens in really big landscape scale fires. People get caught at their yeah. home because yep. this road's cut off, that road's cut off, and you don't know where the fire is. And driving on a car out in the rural roads or the rural uh, urban interface during a fire is really life-threatening. So yeah. so the, the idea of managing vegetation around your house 
could save your house from burning down and you could be in it. Mm. And it's, I mean, so that, that's where the incentive comes into to doing a few, a few basics or a bit more than a few basics. And it's yeah. not just about yourself, surely, with that kind of thing. Like it must be no, your wait. local community and your neighbours as well to take responsibility in that space is, you know, helpful for everyone. Yeah. I think in, in the perfect world, every, if everyone does their little bit, yeah, then we, we've yeah. got a collective benefit, haven't we, mm. across, yeah. across the suburbs. Across so, the, so what yeah. are some of the, what are some of the, like the big, the big points about landscape around a house to, to actually make that house a safer spot during a bushfire? So what are some of the do's? Yeah, some of the, some of the, do sad. Um, there's a good study come out in 2018 around reducing risk of house loss, mm-hmm. and um, without the need of you know, on a simple level, you just clear all the vegetation, which is a disaster, and no mm. one wants to do. And we people live in the bushland to enjoy the bushland, and the standards that the state government put out aren't about clearing everything either. No. Um, I mean, that if you, if you don't want to accept any risk, don't live in the bushland. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's probably the, the simplest thing. But um, it's probably... So there was a big study of 500 homes from three massive fires on Black Saturday in Victoria where mm. those three, these three fires are over 2,000 houses burnt. So I, I like to look and discuss research that looks at how did houses perform in, in the big fires, mm. you know, in the big fires, because that's where we can't replicate them. We can't, we can't go no. out and... and uh, Oh, let's light a big fire. No, no. <laughs> Can we? it's frowned Just upon. Actually, yeah, it is. Yeah, not encouraged. So, so there's a couple of strategies that were found to reduce. So, this is a real study of um, yeah, 500 homes. One strategy that reduced risks was to um, have greener vegetation. Yeah, and you know, it's lo- totally logical, but have vegetation that has more moisture in it. Mm. Yeah. And, and that could be a couple of things, couldn't it? It could be selecting plants that have more moisture yeah. in them. It could be irrigating your garden more. Yep. Um, it could be, I suppose, having more shade that, yep. so there's less evaporation. So they're strategies that might keep your garden uh, moister, wetter. Mm-hmm. The cells of the plants have more moisture in them. And it just takes, takes more energy from a fire to dry it out before it ignites. Yeah. So that's that's one strategy that definitely yeah, um, reduced risk. The other one that they looked at was, um, for example, if we've got, you know, in 40 metres around a house, if we have 50% of tree and, and scrub cover or shrub cover, 50% coverage just from a, an, an aerial photo, they looked at how can we arrange that 50% so that we reduce the risk of the house igniting? And so if we leave it in large, big, single or two or three big clumps, then there's, there's, there's connections of the fine fuels. So okay. you, get, you get more extreme fire behaviour towards the house. If it's broken up into discrete, you know, pockets, separate units, like pockets. Little, yeah, yeah. Like, so yeah. little, little um, so you clusters. Clusters, So they're yep. planting Absolutely. clusters yep. that have a separation where the fire can't leap from yep. one cluster to another. Yeah. Yep. So fire, fires love fine, dry fuels. We've all lit a little campfire, haven't we? Oh, well, we've all, some of us have lit bloody big ones, Rowan. 
bonfire anyone? So, um, so if you're walking around your garden and look, oh, that, you know, oh, if I grab that handful, I could use that to light my fire. That's probably an indication. Mm, that might be a bit dry, yeah, yeah. A, bit, yeah. a bit twiggy. Yeah. Uh, Not really what you want at this yeah, time of year. Yeah, yeah. All right, we're going to continue this conversation through until 10. If you've got questions about it, we will continue firing it, uh, questions at Rowan as well throughout the show. But let's get to some of your calls. Uh, we've got some patient waiting, some patient people waiting to ask Sab some questions that aren't necessarily fire-related. So we'll jump through a few of those and we'll start with Evelyn, who's in Collie. Hey, Evelyn. Oh, hello. Hello, Evelyn. Um, um, do, do you know uh, a grevillea called Jelly Baby? Yes, I do indeed. It's a little ground oh. cover. It's lovely. It has little pink flowers. Yes, I know it does. Well, oh. it did. Right. Oh, it did. Past <laughs> it tense. Did. That's my, yes, that's my problem. Um, yes, I, I put one in. <clears throat> Sorry about my croaky throat, but I'm often like this in the morning. That's all I right. put one in in uh, August last year, and it, it was blooming beautifully when I bought it. That's why I bought it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then this year, it has bloomed again uh, beautifully. Um, then... Not long after it had finished blooming, mm-hmm. uh, I noticed that um, on the ends of, of each little um, branch, there was a, a tiny little white tip. Mm-hmm. And then not too long after that, uh, it is completely brown and brittle. It's dead. Mm. Um, now, this can quite often happen with uh, grevilleas in particular, uh, so, Evelyn, that grevillea needs really free-draining soil and it may have been that it's, you know, we've had sort of late rains and I think it's got a bacterial rot or a fungal rot in the root system and there's nothing you can do about it. So the next time you plant uh, grevillea, I'd put it in, get a bag of potting mix and put it in with some potting mix. Thanks, Sab. Uh, let's head straight up to Carnarvon. G'day, Malcolm. G'day, how are you ladies? Oh, Good. bloody marvellous, Malcolm. How are, the, how are the mangoes looking up in Carnarvon? Uh, I've just been talking to Eddie Smith, mate. His mangoes are starting to uh, form on the trees already. Oh. Brilliant. That's what we like oh. to hear. Mango daiquiris. Here we come. A boomer season. Yeah, right. I reckon now, so. What I'm ringing up about. Yep. Do you know anything about Fijoa trees? Fijoas, yeah. Now... My mates brought a Fijar tree and I, well, I used to have them over in New Zealand and uh, we used to always have two or three of them together. Yes, that's right. You get a lot more fruit. That's right. And the bees the bees go to them better, don't they? Yeah, they do. They like, um, the, they like that little pollen rush. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yep. if you have, I mean, they will fruit if you have just the one tree, but not as well as if you've got two or three, Malcolm. Yeah, because the, if you've got two or three, the fruit gets as big as your hand. You yeah, know, I know. Two. They're magnificent. Yeah. Oh, and with ice cream, eh, isn't it? <laughs> the good stuff, Abs- Absolutely. You enjoy that. Um, speaking of Fijoas, we did have an email come through as well on the same topic oh. to Perth Weekends yes. at your.abc.net.au from Ian in Scarborough. Morning. I bought a Fijoa tree last year. It seems to be dropping a fair few leaves and it's spring. Uh, shouldn't it be flowering by now? I fertilise it often, just wanting to know if this is normal for this type of tree or is there an issue with it? Here are the picks, Sabby. Uh, and I would say that that... That for Joe is one of the saddest looking things I've ever seen. I mean, 
Really? It's only got a few leaves on it. It's in a pot. It's not happy. No. Uh, I can understand why you've kept it in a pot, Ian, because you live in Scarborough and it's going to hate the gutless, sandy soil there. Okay, you need to prune it. They have a huge root system. You need to prune it. You need to put it in a much bigger pot. You need to make sure the potting mix is two-thirds potting mix, one-third compost and whack a big pile of cow poo on the top of it and then mulch on top of that. And voila! But good luck keeping a Fijoa in a pot for a long time. <laughs> there you go, Ian. Hopefully there was some nuggets of gold to help you out in all of that. Um, back to the phones. It's 25 past nine. Sab's Pick of the Week coming your way soon. And just a reminder, Rowan Carboon is with us, Bushfire Risk Consultant. And if you've got questions about preparing for the bushfire season or anything you've ever wanted to know about fire access management, today is the day to give us a call. Carl is in Byford. Hey, Carl. Uh, hello. Hello, um, Carl. What'd you do? Drop your socks there, mate. No, <laughs> no I'm, I'm just cutting up some stuff for breakfast. Oh, champion. Um, what are you having? Oh, we're going to have a bit of a homemade sauerkraut, um, oh. some bosk, uh, sliced up bosk pears, tomato oh. and cheese on a sandwich, and um, a bit of scrambled eggs with uh, greens with homegrown thingies. Are you trying Bifid to? Are you, seems a bit far away right, right now, doesn't it? Is it an anniversary? Are you trying to impress your wife there, Carl? <laughs> and, and and a bit of black pudding thrown in there. Oh, as well. champion! <laughs> <laughs> Breakfast to kings and queens, there, Carl. Yeah, we it's party time. Ah, oh, very good. I like it. I'm in the mood for a party, Carl. <laughs> Drop us your address, and I'll pop in for your leftover breakfast. <laughs> but what you know, can we what can we do for you, or Rowan? Because we haven't flogged him for five minutes. He's getting right. lazy. Right. Right. Okay. Now, now in the Shire of Mundaring, uh, I've got a property there, and um, what I do with the fire access management, I have to apply for a variation each year where I do low-impact fire access management. And because of the, the steep slopes, you know, I, I, I keep things like native grass on the fire breaks and the kangaroos are part of my maintenance crew and they nibble it down to about two millimetres. <laughs> and it holds the soil up at the same time. And yeah, yeah. Leaf flow and, and so on. And, and it's, you know, three metres wide and so on. I do this for neighbours' properties as well. That sounds and really good, Carl. That sounds really good. Like you've highlighted the fact that you can you can apply for a variation, can't you? And if you've got steep country, That's or right. you, you want to do something, yes. you've got you know big habitat trees. You want to go around, so yeah, definitely every every fire break notice um, allows you to apply to your local government to do something a bit different. So that that, that sounds really good. Yeah, and it uh, it it gives um, especially in a hilly uh, context, it gives you. Um, uh, you know, opportunity for uh, lateral thinking and doing the right thing for fire safety as well as for the environment. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've, seen, I've seen many fire breaks put in by bulldozers that you would, you don't drive <laughs> fire trucks down. <laughs> so they're technically there, but they're not safe for access vehicles on. So yeah, um, trick d- trick for young players there. The Rowan. purpose a bit. Yeah. Mm. Um, so Carl, so Rowan, you do sort of need to know what your options are. It's not necessarily. Black and white. Yeah, that's um, right. One size fits all. Yep, yeah. And, and you know, work with your local government because they enforce the fire break notice. So yep. uh, mm. they've got offices, usually a number of offices that will come out, meet on site, um, get in early. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yes. Because <laughs> we all leave it to the last week, yeah, don't we, yeah, before we have yeah, to have them. And, yeah. 
yeah, get All right. and work with them. Very good. Uh, Thirteen hundred triple two seven twenty. If you've got a question for Rowan or a question for Sab, as you would normally would on a Saturday morning, Jeff's down in Bunbury. G'day, Jeff. Good morning. Morning, Jeff. How are we doing, ladies? Absolutely Super. fantastic. Good to hear. Good to hear. What can we do for you this morning to make your life full of joy, Jeff? <laughs> oh, well, listening to you is uh, a good Aww. start. Aww. The program's a good start. But uh, in essence, I have a problem with slaters eating my uh, new seedlings in the ground. Okay. Do you eat, um, do you eat yogurt in little pots? I do. Do you go to the toilet? Well, I, I actually eat yogurt in big pots, but ah. nevertheless. Okay, well, you yeah. need a little pot. So you know the size. The reason I ask you if you go to the toilet, not that I'm really interested in your digestive system, but the, um, you know, the inside rolls of toilet paper, mm-hmm. they are a good little cover for when you first put your seedlings in so the slaters don't want to go up there. But the little yogurt pots, if you cut the bottoms out, because it's plastic and slippery, um, the slater can't get a grip on it, even though they have lots of legs. Um, so when you put your seedling in, you put the little uh, plastic yogurt pot over the top, and or you could, if you drink soft drink, you could cut the bottom or a water bottle, cut the bottom out of that, and make like a little cloche mm. over the top. Okay, so with the pots, is it is it the top? On the on the on the ground surface. No, you put the, the, the bum end. You cut the bottom out, and you put bum end down first. Okay, so the slaters can't climb up the, the outside. Yeah, that's right. And then they've got so that. Little... Are they like are they like snails? Uh, um, in as much as they live under the ground. Yes, they and, do. And... Part of their role is to recycle any mulch or organic material. They actually eat that as well as your seedlings. Um, yes, so they have a very doing... a very diet. Okay. <laughs> and so because I'm they're a, bit... a land they're a land crustacean, if you put forty of them on a kebab stick you could roast them on the barbecue. <laughs> You're a sicko. We're not going down this path again. What were we cooking last week? Oh I can't remember. Yeah, no, I can't remember either. I'm not even gonna try to remember. Um, Goldie has sent us a text on zero four three seven nine double two seven twenty. Hey Ro Sab and Rowan thought uh Fajoa are fire retardant. Are there other types of fruit trees that are also fire retardant? Yeah. I live on a block with forestry on three sides. Oh, you're so lucky, Goldie. Okay, yes. So um, all the citrus trees are um, are fire retardant. Things like lily pillies. When the fires went through Nanup, uh, they noticed that there was a farm there that had all the deciduous fruit trees, but in particular um, they had fajoas, they had citrus, they had plums, and apples and pears, and they noticed that once the fire got to the the orchard, it actually stopped there. So when you think about uh, citrus, they've got that waxy sort of leaf on it, and the same with lily pillies, really. So they actually hold the moisture in quite well. Um, and one of the big fires that went through Nanup, they had one of the old-fashioned lily pilly hedges that was, I think it was about 10 metres high, 
And so it formed a barrier tall enough so the embers didn't actually get past that big hedge that they'd made of lily pillies. You got anything else to yeah, offer there, Rowan? Yeah, Sab. I, I reckon um, when you think about a fruit tree, it's usually um, it's it's usually got thicker branches, hasn't it, and bigger mm. leaves. Mm. So that, mm. so they're the sort of plant characteristics which burn less. I mean, yep. you don't go out to your orange tree to to grab twigs to light your fire. That's with. right. Yeah. So so a lot of it is when you think about the characteristic of the plant, the plant might not necessarily be anything special, but apart from its characteristics, bigger leaves, yep. more moisture, thicker branches. Yep. So so a lot less fine fine flammable fuels in it. And the and the only other thing is um, fire will still go through orchards if you've got long grass. Yes. So, so neat and tidy Keep. underneath yeah. whatever you're planting um, and you give yourself, yeah, a lot better chance of, um, yeah, the, tr- the trees surviving. Yep. Perfect. Very good. 27 away from 10 on Roots and Shoots. Rowena and Sabrina with you as normal and Rowan Carboon, Bushfire Risk Consultant, is also with us in the studio today taking your questions, but we better pause yep. and do this. It is that time again. It is. Sabrina's musical pick of the week. Pick, pick of the week. I know you're going to dig this. Here we go now. On our way to Sab introducing her pick of the week, Rowan, we've had a text to say you sound like William McInnes. I reckon that's a fair shout. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I totally agree. What do you got um, for us? Okay, so you know I've been gearing myself up for jazz. Yes, because yeah, I've been tiptoeing criti- there. Criticised, so I'm on my way, uh, and I tried to find a girl called Jessie Tess, Jodie, Jodie Tess. Okay, who apparently she's a she's a Fremantle girl and apparently brilliant jazz singer. Okay, couldn't find songs anywhere. Right, so, so if you you're listening, Jodie, yep. Give us a ring. Um, <laughs> like to support local artists. Um, so leading up to jazz, I thought we'd go for a bit of bluegrass, which is there, you know, for a lot of jazz singers, they looked at the blues and bluegrass and that sort of really earthy, <laughs> growly, low-down, low-down dog by Josh Pesky. <laughs> Tesky. Tesky. That was really nicely done, Sav. I'm you. still just on our way to Low Down Dog and Josh Tesky thinking about Jodie. And imagine getting the call as a musician to say, yeah, Sabrina's interested in having yeah. you for Pick of the Week on yeah. Roots and Shoots. Yeah. That's when you know you'd made it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Bit like Josh Tesky now, <laughs> Low Down Dog. <laughs> Hmm, what did everyone think about that one? So it was very unsab. I was so unsab. So I can imagine that there were people going out to their shed, just lighting something up and going, Oh, yeah! It is quick. <laughs> stop. Just stop. <laughs> anyway, oh, that's, that's on my road to jazz. Yeah, well, it's it's gone off well, I think. Oh. Um, Lindsay and Denmark, wow, the texts are just taking off. Um, Lindsay and Denmark just dropped 10 places as more flooded in. Um, just <laughs> added this to my playlist, Lindsay says. Now you're on the money, babe, going off here. Oof. Eidla from Cano. Um, Sam from Jero. Sabrina, I'm back, baby, ah! for this week anyway. Um, Phil says, Rowan Sab, love this kind of music. Oh, I've nailed it. Uh, love, love this bluesy Ooh. tune. Big, ballsy choice, girl. Mm, there you go. That's me. Great pick, Sab. 
cruising Saturday morning. San and Reggie and Scarves uh, nailed it. Cracking song choice today, Sabrina. Ah. Sabrina, Sabrina, you've made it. Oh. Now you're playing real music. Go, Ooh. girl. Oh, wait till I bring out the jazz then. My goodness. Uh, they just keep coming through. They Hi, Sabrina. It. My husband says you're a <clears throat> genius with this song. <laughs> Jen from Basso. Love it, Sabrina. More of that, please, says okay. Marie in Albany. All right. I was leaning on my spade. Now I've gone to sleep and fallen <laughs> over, said Greg. Oh, that's probably where I was more leaning, actually, that way. Um, Greg, the music, this music, it's only that I couldn't find my rusty knife that I'm still <laughs> taking breath, says Rubbish. Oh, maybe his name's not rubbish. He's probably just saying it's rubbish. It's rubbish. Um, Greg in Mount Lawley sounds like Matt Taylor from Chain. Mm, love it, yep. Sab. Yep. Um, great. Chidlo- Chidloians love this stuff from oh, Annie yeah. and Chidlow. Yeah, Chidlow, they'd be under a tree. <laughs> Hint of Crossroads by Cream there, Sab. Really yeah. mellow. Mm. Feel like I should be sitting on the porch watching a dog scratch fleas. <laughs> Um, try Gemma Farrell for a local oh, artist in okay. the jazz genre. You're okay. writing that one Gemma, down yeah, furiously. Yeah, writing that down because um, I don't, don't have a... This don't was have... predictable. There's always someone that says something along these lines. That's nothing like bluegrass. So, you know, you didn't... That's as bluegrass as you're going to get on this station, mate. Um, Peter from Carlisle says, that's real music, Sab. Blues, not bluegrass. Okay. So Oh. Loved it, loved it. More, please. Loved okay, it. Okay, you. okay. We're going the blues. We'll Gee, bring in some more goodness, blues. It's been a fairly overwhelming <laughs> response. I didn't know people had liked the blues. No, who would have known? Um, hello, ladies. Kimbo from Wongan here. Just texting in to say everything that Sab has educated me about. <laughs> everything beyond gardening. I don't know if you phenomenal. should read the rest of and this. I have- <laughs> About and I've done in the garden from last year has worked and my uh, garden is uh, thriving. Uh, Would also quickly like to say that there is an Are You OK Day fundraiser at the Wongan Bolo today. Oh, Bowling yeah. club, you reckon? Yes, yes, Bolo. yes, that'll be the Bolo. Gosh, I thought I was up to date with that sort of thing. But starts at three, have a roll burger, then the yabby races begin. <gasps> yabby racing. Don't about the yabby races. Get the yabbies in the roll. Oh, that sounds like yeah, a much better true. option to me. Mm-hmm. Um and hi, ABC. On this morning's subject, the Shire of Victoria Plains has their Rural Fire Preparedness for Families event happening today. Starts at 10 through until 2 um, at the Kalingri Fire, Fire Station. So thank you, Pauline, for letting us know about that. Mm, bloody Ooh, ripper. That was a bit of stuff to get Ding through Ding-a-ling. We better go back to the phones because I guess so. we're going to have another guest shortly. We and are. We've got people patiently waiting to yes. get your advice. So... We will head back to Chris, who is on the road. Hey, Chris. Hi, how are you, Rock? Good, Good, thank you. Thanks yeah, for your great. patience. I'm sorry. I, I, no worries. I hope we don't drop out. I'm on the road. Okay, you're all good. Go uh, ahead. Oh. Uh, oh. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. You can't be on the line for that oh. long and then... I don't... Oh, Chris, I'm going to put you on hold and see if you can just ask Eb your question. Yeah. And, um, and Eb can put it to it. us and Sab will answer it because mm. that's really frustrating. Uh, Eb, I've just put Chris back on hold. If you can get that one for us, that would be greatly appreciated. We'll answer that ASAP. Mac is in Kalamunda. Hey, Mac. Good morning. How are you? Yeah, Good, champion, you. Matt. How are you? Fantastic, thank you. Hey, I just wanted to uh, add to your uh, bushfire uh, preparation. Yeah. Um, we live up in the Bickley Valley, which is absolutely uh, beautiful. Yes. And 
we're in uh, a hilly country and uh, heavily wooded. Uh, to, and gum trees are obviously designed to uh, to uh, uh, drop um, branches and leaves and seeds and so forth, and they uh, um, um, uh, spread by fire, so they're, they're pro-fire. So what we do is at the beginning of every season, we, we burn off the property, we leave part of the, the property uh, unburnt so that the uh, local animals and so forth have got somewhere to go. But um, um, uh, that means that the, uh, the, the fuel load is gone. And um, and uh, that can only burn once. So if you pre-burn at the beginning of the season, it's a happy days. And then the other one is the current technology uh, at the moment is people prepare their uh, property and then make a decision whether they're going to stay and fight the fire, which could be fatal to them, or, to, or they're going to flee. And when they return, their property may be um, uh, no more. Um, so we use a material called um, F500. It's like a truck wash. And you can add it to your water, whether it's in your firefighting vehicle or your sprinkler system. And whatever you spray, it's a, it won't burn for 15 days. So wow. we've got roof mounted on our, on our property and we spray around our fire breaks. So our fire breaks, are, if they're four metres uh, uh, wide, and just remember, they've got to be trafficable. So if you're on hills, they need to be wider than that so that the, uh, the vehicle doesn't collapse on the downhill side. Mm. It's a, um, you can spray another three metres either side and that gives you a nine metre fire break. And then you spray a property and then when a fire is approaching, you can simply just go inside, watch TV, let the fire pass and then come out, look for spot fire. No <laughs> and watch the telly. Good oh. on you, Mark. Thanks oh. for telling us about that. Oh, Rowan, right. you're not sure you'd just be able to sit inside and watch Sounds TV? Sounds pretty good, Mark. Is... <laughs> Do you spray it around your windows and door frames and under your eaves? And, and the, great, the great thing about it, the, the uh, fire brigades had a look at this. They, you know, they use foam. Yeah, yeah. Foam, and if you look at the fire bombers, the, the colourful stuff, the red stuff falling out of the planes, that's highly toxic. It's, uh, and the, the, the only reason that they can drop that on your property is because it's been deemed an emergency and people's lives are at risk. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you still end up with a highly toxic stuff that's killing your plants and bits and pieces. This stuff's environmentally friendly, it's a, so you don't get the uh, uh, underwater ground pollution. It's a, and, of course, most of the hills is a water catchment area, so yep. it's really yep. simple. And the other thing, unlike foam, it doesn't go off, so you can uh, store it for 10 years, you can pre-mix it. No I mean, I've seen similar products advertised, and obviously you've got one of them there. I, I think maybe the jury's out on how they perform when there's a big fire comes through. So, but they've, you know, you're sort of saying they've done some tests, and and uh, it sounds impressive. But um, you know, maybe we see how it performs under real wildfire conditions. So, is and it is it like a polymer or something? Does it does what it set it? does it set hard like it dries and sets hard? No, I assume, no, 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 or it, stays gel like a gel. No, no, it's a, it's a liquid, it's a, and uh, you you just add it to your water. So, so we do uh, we did a demonstration in our place where we took uh, uh, two stacks of um, uh, of uh, forklift pellets, it's a, and one we coated in petrol, it's a, and uh, and diesel, and the other one uh, 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 just a light spray. Or you don't have to soak it, just a, just so it yeah, touches. Yeah. Put the two together, light up the one with uh, petrol and diesel, which went absolutely ballistic. But it didn't even scorch. No, no. So. I, look, I, I reckon sounds sounds good, sounds promising. It's, but it's, uh, my advice as a risk management expert would be um, only use it as part of your plan. You, you'd still do your vegetation management, have access, like you say, have good water supply, independent. Um, so, so it's part of a bigger, broader plan. Early, early evacuation triggers. So, 
I mean, the, the more things you have that mitigate risk, the better. All right. Thank Righty you, Matt. Hey. Thanks for giving us a call. Daniel is in uh, Coogee. Hey, Daniel. Hello. How's it going? Yeah, good, Daniel. Oh, great. Thanks for taking my call. Um, I'm just after some advice on um, a sunshine blueberry you've got from Bunnings yes. in a pot. Yes. It's already got some blueberries on it. They're yep. not, like, uh, ripe yet, yeah. but we're not really sure what to do with the blueberry. We've okay. always had natives. Okay. All righty. So, Daniel, you need to go and get yourself some good quality compost. They like a, a fairly acidic soil. I would – you're in Coogee. Do not plant it in the ground. Keep it in a pot. They like morning sun and afternoon shade. You need to um, give them some uh, slow-release fertiliser on top of the pot and you must put mulch on. So a small amount of cow manure – Compost, mulch, slow-release fertiliser and in afternoon shade. Beautiful. Thank you, Sab. Uh, let's try Chris again. She's pulled over. Hey, Chris. Hello. How are you today? Yes, good. Chris. Sorry. What can we do for oh, you? Good. Well, it's something very exciting. We have I have a standard rose at home in Narrambeen. Yeah. We've just been home. And all of a sudden, it's gone from the boost buds to these beautiful big white rosebuds. Ah. What's happened? Okay, there's nothing to worry about there, Chris. So what's happened? Because roses have been crossed and hybridised, sometimes the one of the parent characteristics comes out in the rose. So um, so I wouldn't so that burgundy flower has come from the iceberg rose. So you'll get the traits of the iceberg rose occasionally coming out. Okay. So you get two different coloured flowers on the one rose bush. Cracker. It's a bit I'd special say. really, it isn't, is, it? isn't it? Good on you, Chris. Thank you and safe travels for the rest of your journey. Now we've got Matthew Lunn, who's the president of the nursery and garden industry of Western Australia to have a yak to us, the Perth Garden. Festival gets underway on Thursday. Matthew, hello to you. Yeah, good morning to you all. Hello, Matt. Very exciting. We're finally getting the Perth Garden Show running. <laughs> what can we expect this year, Matthew? Well, actually, it's probably more exciting than, than many years, partly because it's been held at a time of the year which it's never had. So if we think about now, October, we've got, of course, all the native plants, a lot of them are in flower. So I think for, for one of the first times ever that people will be going down and rather buying in April where they'd normally see the plant in a bit of a tube stock with no flower. This time, it's going to have a flower on it. So I think we're going to have a real uh, explosion of colour with a lot of our famous uh, native plants. Beautiful. And are there any display gardens this year? Yeah, there's, uh, as always, Sabrina, we've got a number of display gardens going in. There's a lovely one being done, which is featured native plants, and it's a Japanese garden. So go and see that. Um, but as, as always, uh, not, not only just the show gardens, there's the gym masterclasses. There's lots of food to trial out at the Clean Heat ki- Kitchen and the high, high teas. And, of course, lots of exhibitors who will be down there who obviously feature allied products linked back into gardening. So lots of information. Of course, Sabrina, everyone's in that gardening mode now. I know, I know. And um, uh, every day you've got specialist guest speakers. And, in fact, we have one of the speakers here, Rowan Carboon, who is doing two talks during the festival. And what, what times are those talks, <laughs> I Rowan? I think 11.30 Thursday and 11.30 Sunday. So you're yep. not far behind me, I think. Yeah, I'm at 
12.30 on Thursday, on Friday and 12.30 on Sunday. But we love those forums because it gives people the opportunity to find out more about whatever the topic is they're interested in. I'm talking about creating habitat gardens on a smaller block. Rowan's talking about ballroom dancing and how to get the best out of your costume. Is that correct, <laughs> how Rowan? To, uh, how to make the most of an opportunity, for sure. <laughs> sure. Langley Park. Yeah, so, so, so what's the dates, Matt? Uh, next Thursday, of course, 27th right through to the 30th on the Sunday. Yep. And uh, of course, Langley Park, it's... Uh, uh, again, this, but do you know we're nearly 50 years this uh, festival's <gasps> been going? Well, wow. of course, everyone calls it Garden Week still, but uh, it's moved, uh, of course, from the, the early days from Perry, Perry Lakes uh, and then McCallum Park. Been, it's also been to Kings Park. It's been to the city before, but we've now found our roots at Langley Park and we're delighted to work with the mayor and the city of Perth. And so, will they uh, have lots of the, will the, all the di- different little societies be there this year? So anyone that's got a yeah. particular. Passion can go up because they're the people in the know, aren't they? They're the they're the big knowledge people. They are, they are. I, I believe the uh, bonsai society are going to be down. We've got open gardens down there as well. We've got the WA Floral Art Society. Worth listening to them each day at one thirty. Um, yeah, lots to learn. And Sabrina, I know we talk and we talk about this how everyone's getting into gardening. Everyone is, but they're still hungry for information. And that's why you come to something like this, where you're yeah. going to meet, meet the experts who really know how, how to grow plants. And be inspired, because sitting right next to me here <laughs> is Rowanna, and she's busting to get inspired to become, to get her first L-plate pass line um, as a novice gardener. And I have I think, my tickets, I'll have you know. Oh, you've got your tickets yep. already. Yep. Um, I've got a question here come through on the text though, Matthew. Um, will tickets from May be valid to attend? Uh, yes, I believe so. Yes, okay. correct. Beautiful. Oh, right. All right. Uh, any more information? Is there a website or something, Matthew, we can point people to to get more information? Yes, the Perth Garden Festival, www.pgf. Uh, it's all there for you and, of course, it highlights when Sabrina and Rowan will be speaking. And uh, look, there's plenty on. So please do, and please be inspired. As, as you said, I've just walked part of the Bibliman track. And if you want to be inspired by, by nature, go and do something like this and try and create uh, that in your own home garden. Go down to the garden festival and you will create it. Ah, Good on beautiful you, Matthew. words, Lovely Matthew. Lovely to talk to you. Have a wonderful few days uh, and we will, well, you'll see these two. And yep. me, well, and I'll be wandering around because I have be tickets. Around. I'll be there every single day from Thursday right through to I'll, Sunday. I've been burning things in my backyard and doing experiments, <gasps> but I'll, I'll show the results. Ah, <laughs> little pyro <laughs> friend. Yeah. 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 Uh, research, wrong. research, of course. still standing. Yeah. You've got to be careful how close to your home. So you all the ABC listeners, come and visit me and Rowan. I'll be yes, here. lots for you to do next weekend yeah. because you need to get to Woodbridge <gasps> yes. Riverside Park yes. next Saturday morning because Roots and Shoots will be live from the park. After I've completed Park Run, uh, we will be in the park, Roots and Shoots, 9 till 10. We'll be broadcasting from 6 till 10. But we would love to see you down there, particularly those of you out in the eastern suburbs. Bring your sick plants down. Yeah. I will empathise with you and Sabrina yeah. will give well, you, you a solution. You'll probably be flattening your back absolutely <laughs> knackered, I would think. You'll be right, right to run the show, you? are insane. You? And then you're going to run from there. 
to Langley Park? Yeah. Or maybe not run? No. Yeah, no, no, that's fair enough. Not good for the knees. No, it's not. You only run when there's some large carnivorous (laughs) thing (laughs) after you, you. Ro. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, because I don't run for public transport. That's a rule. (laughs) There's another bus or train coming. Um, uh, LV has called from Bustleton Row. And how far should you have gum trees from your home on farming land? Is there a... Roughish figure. Uh, I know you don't like specific standards. Would be um, not overhanging canopies, tree trunk back six metres, and fifteen percent canopy cover in your asset protection zone, so twenty or thirty metres around your house. That that would be the formal mm. definition of spacing of of uh, eucalypt trees. Okay. Yeah. Beautiful. Thank you. We've got five minutes, three calls on line waiting. Let's rip through them. Uh, we'll start with Anna in Maylands. Hey, Anna. Oh, hello. Um, thanks for taking my call. That's okay. Um, I just want to ask a question about um, my silver princess mm-hmm. um, trees that I have. We planted three after we built our house mm-hmm. and we, we planted them on the verge. Um, one of them, the leaves have started to go pink and the tree itself is very sparse. And right. I was just wondering if uh, you would know what's wrong with it. It's think, never flowered. Yeah, they can take ages to flower. Um, so you need to go and get a pH testing kit because it could be something to do with the sand pad that your house has been built on, maybe highly alkaline or highly acid. So I think it's a nutrient issue. So go and get a pH testing kit, test the pH. They prefer a neutral pH around 6, 6.5, and then you'll have to do soil amendments according to where where it's at. Balance it out. Beautiful. Thank you, Sab. Thank you, Anna. Rick is in Margaret River. Hey, Rick. Hello. Um, I do bush regeneration work from Cape Naturalist to Lewin, Aramilis, and all the other environmental weeds. I see a lot of fire breaks. A point and a question for Rowan particularly. One point is that when landowners do their fire breaks, uh, they do regrow. So you have tall, standing, hollow stems of the lower ignition point grasses, which are actually worse from a low-scale fire-spreading uh, perspective than original, you know, twigs, dust, leaf, and litter. So <laughs> that's never been addressed. And my question, Rowan, is could there be effectiveness in the state developing some overarching policy about strategic fire breaks rather than leaving it up to all the individual local government areas? Because, say, for instance, in these one, three-hectare Special rural lots, they do an asset protection zone, two, now supposed to be three-meter fire breaks, your previous caller, four. When you break up the landscape like that, the soil erosion, dieback spread, weeds, and the thing is the FCOs and brigade guys aren't even going to drive down their, those fire breaks because it's just too dangerous. They're not going to send the crews down there. So what do you reckon, Rowan? Yeah, I, um, I, think that's, I think there's opportunities there. Rick, um, and I have seen subdivisions that don't put in individual fire breaks around properties as per local government requirements. They have negotiated better access routes around the perimeter between, you know, groups or clumps of homes and uh, and the bushland areas. So they used to be called strategic fire breaks. They're now probably called fire service access routes. And um, that's often... Uh, so there's opportunities. I mean, talk to local government. That's, that's the way to go. Thank you, Rowan. Um, Greg has sent us an email. Sab, can you help? What's going on here with this photo? What is it? What okay, does it do? Okay, so it's covered in aphids and every generation is there from the babies right to the winged adults. Just spray with pyrethrum or an organic oil and do it again two weeks later. Amanda, can you ask your question in 15 seconds? 
clearly not. Or maybe oh, I have to press yeah. the button. No, I did have Amanda on the line. Oh, sorry. What's your question, Amanda? Um, yeah, I have a um, Pandaria climber. Yep. That's, um, I was trying to decide it, get it, train it along the fence instead of go straight up over, but it got away on me. Yeah. So now it's really top heavy. Do yep. I have to cut it right back? Yes. Yes. So with that Pandora, you can go hard, take 50% off, take no, no, uh, no soldiers. What is it? <laughs> no, prisoners. no prisoners. No prisoners. <laughs> no, take the soldiers. Come Leave and, the prisoners. Come and be part of the craziness <laughs> next Saturday at Woodbridge. We'd love to see you there. Rowan, thank you. Thank Sabrina, you. thank Thanks you. Sir. Enjoy the rest of your Saturday. As always, it's been a hoot. This is an ABC podcast.